I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about season two of One Punch Man was actually uh, your choice this week too, Rick. It was, and I enjoyed every second of it just like I did last time. Uh, this time, this time, however, I think they nailed the suspense a little better um, because it, while yes, this is a parody to literally any other genre, the budget they had on this was it was immense. The music on point, animation <laughs> beautifully done, and the story story was actually kind of cool too. I liked it, and I look forward to more. Yeah. So this uh this is a uh, twelve episodes long. It came out in April two thousand nineteen. Ran all the way through July two thousand nineteen. Producers for it are TV Tokyo, Good Smile Company, JR. East Marketing and Communications, Bandai Namco, uh, just to name a couple of them. And the studio for this is JC Staff, and the genres are action, sci-fi, comedy, parody, superpower, and supernatural. Okay. I can see how most of those went in there. I don't really know. I guess supernatural doesn't necessarily have to mean ghosts. So, And what's interesting is Madhouse was actually the studio for the first season, while JC was the studio for the second one. So you had a completely different studio working on it comparatively, which I think it really kind of shows, uh, while the styles were very similar, how they really cleaned up in between the two of them. And at what points, uh, the lines were very, uh, accentuated. You can tell that there is a definite contrast in between the two studios. I can see that the quality is still there though. Oh yeah. If anything, I was going to say, if anything, Madhouse is, is, Honestly, one of my favorites, but um, if anything, the drawing got even a little bit better. It was smoother as far as it, it didn't jump around nearly as much. Um, but, you know, I, I was un, unless you said something, I thought maybe they just had a more experienced um, animator drawing it because obviously season two, I think, as I said before, I think it had a little higher of a budget than season one. Right. And. What's uh, great is uh, JC Staff is, uh, uh, like Madhouse, is a very well-renowned, very well-known studio. And they've done a lot of work. Uh, they've done some of our personal favorites anime out there, like they've worked on uh, Don Machi. Really? Yep. So they're doing a season three for that. Uh, they've worked on uh, Saki. Saki K, the disastrous life of Saki. Okay. So, <laughs> so they've they've done some some of the work that's actually on that as well as the second one food wars they've worked a little bit on food wars really i wonder which season because i'm i've been waiting until season the current season i think season four or five is completely done so i can binge it um but that that drawing style and story is uh parody into itself but about food i love every second of it uh they've actually done a couple of seasons for it Oh, not mad at the animation. Yeah, they also did Golden Time as well. So that's um, a, that's another one. That's another one of your favorites. Yeah. But uh, this this series 
as a whole it is honestly, it is a really great, really fun. It's definitely plays on a lot of the tropes that are out there when it comes to a particular type of characters. Uh, and it's just an overall comedy making fun of the superhero individuals themselves, because some of them tend to be no, very well, over the top in how they look, yeah. how they act and, and everything else. <laughs> And in this season, we get to find out what Saitama's hero name is going to be. And you you figure Bang has Silver Fang. And you've got a guy named the Atomic Samurai. And you have just amazing names. So Gino gets, what was it? Demon Cyborg. Yeah. Like, just amazing, strong, fearful name. And then we get our main protagonist, Saitama's uh, hero name, and jaw-droppingly amazing for a completely different reason. Um, he gets the caped baldy. Yeah, which <laughs> is it, that's wonderful. I mean, like, it, 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 he is exactly that, though. He is the it, caped baldy. Never fear, Cape baldy is here. Yeah, it doesn't quite ring as, uh, as awe-inspiring. Save me, caped baldy. You're probably just making him upset more than anything else. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Good Lord. Good Lord. Now, the the difference between season two and season one, the biggest that I think um, is out there is the fact that season two has a lot more world building than I was expecting. Obviously, I watched it before, but um, bringing back to when I first watched it, it, the world building and the eventual bad guy, I'm hoping into season three when it comes out, um, is done really well. Uh, for instance, uh, Saitama reached, ro- rose through the ranks of C all the way into B, right? Yeah. And he's raising, he's rising through the ranks fairly quickly as well, a- again, and find out that it's not just a ranking system. It's not just a every person for themselves kind of thing. It's, you, you've got your own little factions, essentially weak people grouping together for survival. Well, it's not, not even just that. It's some, some people do that. While others, they uh, feel like, you know, they're not given the spot, the deserved spotlight. And this is also shown like towards the end as well, where they're saying we're just as good as these S class guys over here. We don't need them. All these other guys are really great. And then you really, really not. Yeah. You really see the, the contrast in power, skill and everything else in between the A, even the A ranks and B ranks versus an S class rank. You, you just see the massive differences in between the two of them. And it's not, not just shown one time it's shown every single time when you have the S and the, the anything lower than that, they're side by side. You could just see the massive power difference in between the two. Now, a part of it makes me think that it is a pseudo effect, meaning you're renowned, the, how your name gets around. Um, has just as much to do with how strong you are. A big fat, for instance, is our very favorite, very interesting, in my opinion, um, hero, King. <laughs> yeah, now, he, King is awesome. And King honestly has never fought anyone ever, yeah. which is just even better, which just shows like, hey, you know, mistakes happen. and Oh, big time, bigly. And, and the only reason why King's even at the S rank seven that he is, is because of Saitama, actually. Yep. 
Saitama and severe misunderstandings. Um, so King's biggest defining feature is three scratch marks over his left eye. And so how much, I'm, I'm kind of curious, how much do you know about King? Did you do any additional reading or any, any, um, any in-depth research into that particular character? Uh, I did not get a chance to do too much uh, in-depth reading on King, but you're you're more than welcome to talk about the the world's strongest or considered <laughs> to be the world's strongest uh, for def- you know hero. Yeah, hero. what's weird? What's weird to me is he's only ranked seven, seven out of the top whatever, and they're like he's the strongest. Well, apparently strength only takes you so far. Now, well, to be fair. They consider him the strongest, but he he doesn't do anything beyond take some minimal credit for Saitama's work. He he doesn't <laughs> do anything beyond that. If if Saitama were okay. to actually show his true strength all the time, it'd be, he'd easily be rank one. Although we don't know. Well, that's that's also I can that's also something I want to get into. Uh, but right now, let's focus on King for a second. So King actually does have a superpower. A lot of people just assume it's luck. It is not luck. It, his superpower is charisma, charisma and chance. And I realize chance is similar to luck, but his charisma was activated when he got the scar. Now, when he got the scar, he did not have the king engine where his heart beats like crazy. You don't have that drum. His heart beats so loud, it sounds like a drum. And people assume that he's activating his battle mode when in reality, he just has extreme anxiety and he's freaking out. <laughs> so what King has, his charisma is so strong that it comes into play. People save him constantly and he takes credit for it unintentionally. For instance, the first time that we see in a flashback, the first time we see him get his scar, he's saved by Saitama, who still has hair. And, the, and King goes, who are you? And he's like, I think I'm a hero for fun. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm a hero. And you're like, that's awesome. Come to find out when Vaccine Man was that was that the first character we saw? Vaccine Man. Vaccine Man. So Saitama destroys Vaccine Man. Uh, however, King is there. He ends up passing out in the blood of Vaccine Man. And people are like, we heard your heart beating. We heard you enter battle mode, and then this happened. And he just didn't say no. Like his his greatest weakness is he just didn't correct other people. And then when the giant was walking through the town, uh, Saitama knocked him out cold. Somehow the credit went to King. Uh, like almost every other major incident that was not directly linked to an S class hero or Saitama, King got credit for. And in a letter in the mail, they're like, "Congratulations, you're rank seven. Here's a bunch of money." And he he just didn't didn't correct him. Which is, it's really great, you know, and the fact that he is constantly in those particular types of situations where he is just constantly getting credit all the time and not even meaning to get the credit. It's just... It's almost like the charisma attracts the monsters, you know? Yeah. No, I I exactly get it. And it's kind of funny, too, considering, uh, speaking of monsters and attracting... Where Saitama actually lives, that's where a whole bunch of monsters are actually migrating to. And what's funny yeah. is is King and the interactions between King and Saitama are great. Saitama, first episode, episode one, actually discovers King is not who he says he is. And he finds out 
And Saitama's simple response is, yeah, I don't care. doesn't matter to me, man. You, you, you do you. <laughs> That's it, man. You, you do you. I'm not here for money. I'm not here for fame. I just, I'm here to do a job. And well, what's really awesome, I think that they, they gave King a very vital role because again, it goes back to skill, but not, not the traditional sense of skill that we see with other martial artists. King is amazing at games, flat out. He's better than anybody who in the world, basically. And that he, that's all he spends his time on, just straight game. And he's able to beat Saitama in the game. And it kind of gives Saitama the, the rush of loss that he forgot, essentially. And you, you come across the, the psychological, I guess, event of what happens when you become too strong. What happens when you lose any and all challenge in your life? What happens when you're too good? You know? It, and it's really great that they explore this side of it, especially in the second season, where for Saitama, it, he, how he feels anyways, is there's no, no progress for him to do, gain. He can't progress anymore. He can't get stronger, better, or anything like that. And while the video game does, video games do give him that sense of uh, anger or or sense of loss that he can't get anymore. Uh, what's really great, and King basically does to Saitama what Saitama did to Genosis, which is spout some crap that he read <laughs> and pass it off a, as knowledge. And then they're like, he's like, man, you're actually really great. Thanks, thanks for imparting yeah. that wonderful knowledge for me. King actually got some great knowledge. Manga. <laughs> On accident. You know, the, the, the scene you're talking about is really, again, character building, in my opinion, um, because Saitama, after beating, uh, winning a tournament, essentially, and then beating these two monster association monsters um, that nobody else could even touch, when asked, well, was it difficult? He goes, I mean, I guess, but not really. That You know, everything starts to blend together uh, when you beat everything with one punch. And he becomes depressed and he's trying to figure out his, his path. And then he, then he talks to King and King's like, look, you're not a hero because you're trying to do something. You're a hero because you want to help. Yep. I mean, that, that's, that's the gist of the, the conversation. They go, they speak a whole lot better than I do. Well, I mean, like they also go into more detail about more than just that. And they also talk about progression. Um, there's yeah. also another very pivotal character that actually is brought into the second season, and that would be uh, Fang's uh, student, or Bang's, sorry, Bang's student. Giro. 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 You can continue on, man. I'm not going to stop you. You can keep saying the different names. Oh, I'm, am I still wrong? No, you're not. I, I just figured okay, you to like, try and say a couple more names just for fun. <laughs> Ugh, no, I was... Every every time I'd read it in a subtitle and every time they'd say it, it, it didn't make sense to me. I couldn't match the name and what they were saying. It didn't help that the place I watched it had a, about a full second delay between the subtitle and what they're talking about. Yeah, no, it that did kind of throw me off a little bit, which is why I watched it somewhere else. The subtitles were spot on where I watched it. Oh, okay. So basically, this student... So the Monster Association is the big bad. You've got, which I thought was hilarious, this guy named Ochiru, or Ochi, or Orochi. I figured he was kind of like Orochimaru from from uh, Naruto. Orochimaru, something like that. Orochimaru. But whenever I, 
Yeah, whenever I see the name that's close to that, I'm going bad guy, flat out bad guy. Um, but now this is like the king of all of the monsters to create this monster association, this uber strong thing. It looks like a dead body. Like, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't move. It doesn't talk. It just keeps getting a report sent to it. So you just assume he's, he's awesome. And their objective is basically to make more monsters, make strong monsters. And yeah, um, Saitama uncovers the plot, um, mainly because it's thrown at him. And they kind of go away after a little bit. And then and then the, the story kind of shifts, but not really. So Bangs or Silver Fang's student goes around and starts dojo busting. So um, it's not. E- so how girl actually is, is he is just straight up. He's bad. And he's his background story, which is really great. And I'm glad that they actually explore that a lot is he's always been a fan of the monsters. He always thought they were cool and everything like that. And he was actually picked on a lot, which is a great background story for him to wanting to be a monster. And he becomes a human monster in his own words, a hero slayer, but he doesn't actually kill the heroes. It just really shows the continuation of the character development in between how he is and how Saitama is. And it's really, I feel like in the second season, it focuses on them because it flip flops in between the two of them for their character development, for their, for their growth. Saitama is going around. He's like, Hey, I feel like I'm not having any challenge. There's nothing for me to better myself up against. And then you have Garo who's going through and constantly bettering himself because he hasn't reached that point yet. I feel like maybe if in season three, he'll reach a point to where he's almost on par with Saitama. Maybe, Mm, maybe, or in the future past that he'll, he'll reach a point to where he's kind of up there and, and sparks that, that joy again for Saitama. So that way he wants to continue to better himself because now he kind of has to see where you're going with it. But I mean, it would defeat the whole purpose of one punch man. Like he defeats everything in one punch. The, the, the big punch line, if you will, of the whole show is nothing is a challenge to him. But that doesn't so if mean you have- that something can't be a challenge to him. Like, why would you have this basically an entire season building up someone to that level if they're not going to even put up a small challenge for him? I would say what happened last season where he's like, this is getting my blood going. This is awesome. And the very next fight, he's super disappointed because he's still too strong. Yeah. Like that, that would be, that would be the culmination of everything. I think that would happen here. I think that they're going to build him up to be uber strong only for Saitama to accidentally beat him. I mean, he's already accidentally beat him twice without realizing it hit him so hard. Saitama hit him so hard, he forgot being attacked both times. Yeah. Like, straight up. And what's hilarious is Saitama, the second time he, he gets a, he attacks him, um, kicks him randomly. And this is right after the talk about how, you know, he's feeling hopeless. And then he gets hope back. And Saitama, after kicking this random guy, he thinks is attacking King. Um, Who he was. He was. Well, he was, yeah, but for all the wrong reasons. Saitama's like, you know, there's this guy that everyone's so scared of, the the hero killer. Um, I hope I get to meet him one day, and I hope he lives up to expectation. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here going, 
Oh, you poor, poor innocent child. Oh, I feel so bad because you 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 now have a hope to cling to that we all know isn't there. Yeah, it's oh. it, it, which is really again speaks great for the character development. And what's also really really interesting is at the end of towards the end of the second season at last episode, uh, Genosis says Master Saitama, and it clicks for Garo that I need a if this S rank who who was basically doing major damage to me says someone is his master, I want to see who that is. I want to find that guy. Is is the mentality for it? <laughs> so now do. Did you notice that? And I, my personal opinion is after that main tournament, after the hero association, the, the monster association comes out and attacks everything, I feel like that was a good end point for season two, uh, only because they stopped doing the after credits one minute long extra. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I was looking forward to it, and they're like, oh, it's, it's over. Okay, next episode, I guess. Yeah. And I still stayed through, watched it all the way through the end, hoping. Just hoping, but oh, you know, yeah. it was oh yeah. But what did you think about Silver Fang and his brother's attack? I the combination was, attack. I thought that was actually really cool. It was very well done. It was awesome. It was epic. It's just same. It didn't work, and just basically, <laughs> did yeah, nothing. And then you know, obviously, you have Saitama show up and just is pissed off from having lost so many games to King. Just needed to let off a little steam and killed. Obviously the. That giant uh, centurio or centipede that was a uh, ranked got a uh, dragon that yeah. even the number one S rank guy had issues with. Well, no, see, they didn't necessarily have issues with him. So rank number one is blast. I don't think we're ever going to actually meet blast. Um, I don't think we're ever supposed to meet blast. However, blast and this and the centipede guy had a fight not too long ago and blast kind of humiliated the centipede guy. So when King on a microphone started screaming, hey, I've got Blast right here. I was really hoping that Saitama actually was Blast. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, after all my reading, that that's not the case. Um, but <laughs> one punch, you know, he's like, serious punch. Well, I mean, you could obviously tell that Saitama wasn't Blast because you have to be met. By the Hero Association, they would have instantly known that Blast was Saitama. Well, yeah, but the the dress was the same. The attire was the same. The power seemed to be the same. Um, a little spoiler for future. Um, I did read one chapter in, a, in the manga for like, I want to say season three or four. Blast's kid comes around. So Blast is a real person. There is confirmation of that. Well, real person we, who had a kid. Yeah, we all know this. We, we all know he had a kid. We all know that he's a real person. Oh, it was one of, it was a, he was a mysterious figure. I when we first started watching this, like when I first watched it, I assumed wrongly because we found out he's you know he's a real person that Blast was just the number one figurehead that everyone was chasing because that was a trope in other anime where number one really didn't exist except as an idea to push everybody else onward. Oh, you're not as good as so-and-so. So-and-so would have done it better. So-and-so would have done it faster to motivate everyone else to try to get up to that next next level. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. So that that's what I thought. I thought Blast was more of an idea than anything else. Because why would Blast go away? Like, What motivation when you're that strong 
would you go away? When the when obviously the Hero Association needed you to basically save the world and you just don't show up, but everybody else is stepping up in, in your stead. That's kind of why I thought it was like that. There were a couple other people that didn't really show up and there were some that just really didn't care. Every, you know, so it's not just him. It's everyone else for blast from what we know. He's basically considered semi-retired or something like that. And that's about it. Like he, he just doesn't care. He has no motivation. Same thing with, uh, 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 what's that one guy that remote controls his robots? I forget. Uh, it's a number ranked. Death for, Knight. No, not death Knight. Is it death Knight? Thought it was. Either way, we all know who we're talking about. The we know who, who we talking about. He basically yeah. doesn't. Um, Never shows up. A keyboard warrior, so to speak. No, he, he. Oh, no, it's not Drive Knight. No, no, not. I said Metal Knight. No, no, it's like Death Knight. I was wrong. It's Metal Knight, right? Yeah. He only cares if he gets to use his weapons. And if he can't use his weapons any way that he wants, then he really doesn't want anything to do with it. And it was basically said at the end of see uh again at the end of season one that he's like hey you know what i said we should just nuke the area but they only care about this so i'm not gonna waste my time y'all can go do whatever the hell you want to do yeah when you get that strong you're kind of i would say eccentric but that's yeah either way i like i said i thought blast was fake but i'm I'm glad to see he's not um but yeah he's i look forward to the next installment I, I look forward to the season three as well and the care i mean like they did a lot of a lot of foundation building in this one. It, it, I mean, like there was just no limit to the amount of foundation building and character building and just basically laying the groundwork in season two for a, another season. I really liked uh, looking back. I really liked metal bats idea, even though like he had broken bones and torn ligaments and just had the crap kicked out of him. His fighting spirit never left. And he basically, the stronger he get, the stronger his will to win is, the stronger he becomes. So he's able to overcome these broken bones, these these, these injuries and stuff like that. It reminds me a lot of. Uh, have you ever seen Yu Yu Hakusho? Yes. All right. Uh, I think Kurabara is the the Yusuke Urameshi's best friend. Mm-hmm. He deals with the spirit sword. He, that's where I think they're getting a lot of uh, inspiration from. Let's call it. Yeah, I was gonna say let's call it inspiration rather than a straight ripoff. Well, I mean, Metal Bat's uh, persona is basically echoed throughout more than just Yu Yu Hakusho. It's echoed throughout a lot of different ones. And his, his, uh, how, how do you, how would you describe him? He's a Bancho delinquent, basically, is how he looks. He's, he just looks like a high school delinquent that, that's in his, what, 20s? Yeah, 20s with a sister complex. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, he's got very strict and stringent rules, too. So basically, the only thing that saves Garo against his battle against Metal Bat is the fact that Metal Bat's sister ends up showing up and says, look, you can't fight him anymore because he told me that he would never expose me to violence and he would never be violent in front of me. And that also shows Garo's mentality because he's not in it to hurt kids. He's not in it to really do anything other than satisfy his desire for what I I think is a clean fight. Even if he's at a disadvantage, so long as he does he, he doesn't he's not into bullying the weak, you know? Uh he's it he's into bullying the weak if the weak are heroes. Well yeah, but at that point in time you're not if you decide to it's like if you 
want to do something where you put yourself in a form of authority. Exactly. And, and walk around basically saying, I'm strong enough to do this. If you're not strong enough to do it, he thinks you shouldn't. Um, and he at least thinks he's willing to challenge that authority. Yeah. And what's also really great, what's what's really, really great about Gao's mentality and how he actually perceives it is, and this is actually very true when it comes to a lot of, with the exception of One Punch Man, uh, mm. this is very true when it comes to a lot of heroes, uh, a lot of hero shows and things like that. It's not just one hero that's taken down a bad guy. It's several heroes taken down, ganging up and taking down one bad guy. If if it was left one on one, the bad guy would actually win. Oh yeah, like straight up. And that's one of the things that he actually that girl actually doesn't like. He's like, hey, that's not cool that you're all ganging up on him. He's obviously stronger than you. Why don't you just go try and strengthen? Or they're trying to do this one good thing. This one thing, like the the cause is just the the you know just the reasons aren't the right. You know how they're going about it. But makes it. I- it, the way they they tell the story, you sympathize with Garo. Exactly. You sympathize with, and you understand where he's coming from, and you don't normally see that. So, I mean, I'm happy about it. I, I think it's actually great, but you know, yeah. I, I just can't wait for uh, season three, mm, season three to come out. All I right. Mean, I think that's about it, right? We've covered everything we can. As I, far I think as- this is a, a nice happy medium for us. I know that this uh, episode's a lot shorter compared to the last one. Uh, it's a little bit, maybe a little bit shorter than what normal, but you know, I mean like this is honestly, it's a, it's a great show had a lot of solid foundation building in it. And it definitely gets you hyped and excited for a season three, whenever that comes out. Yeah. If you think we skip something or you want us to go into more depth, hit us up on discord or send us an email and we, we definitely would entertain that. Exactly. So on a scale of up to 10, how would you rate it? Um, it's gotta be high, bro. Like nine, nine. I was really, I was really happy to see characters change. Not just our main character, not even just the main protagonist, um, but like side characters even evolve. And I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Every, and not everybody had their own side story. I granted, but like four or five different people who I don't feel are vital to the story were able to show progression alongside our hero. So nine. I mean, and the animation quality is awesome. The music, I loved every second of it. Oh yeah, yeah. The music was great. the The overall story was just just wonderful. Uh, love the character development. I am happy they expanded on Garo more and and made him also a basically another pivotal character, a a main character. I would say that he even had as much uh, screen time as Saitama. I would. I, I would. Yeah. He, they even did like two whole episodes of just focusing on him and his life. Yeah. They two full episodes of just him and his life and, and everything else. So I would say that's one of my more, that is one of my favorite aspects of this season is that they, they are definitely laying the foundation. Um, Obviously there's a lot of comedy in it too, which is actually really great and some good action scenes, but I got to go with a eight. I'm going to give it an eight. Simply because I do have a little bit more questions than I had before. I want to see the direction they're going to go. I, I'm glad they left it open how they did, but I am not a fan with how open they left that ending. So I want to definitely see that progression more. Um, I loved how 
how clean it looked. I love the fact that they gave every, almost every character its justice for the second season as well, at least for the ones that are going to be, I feel like, really pivotal, pivotal in season three. Mm, I agree. But with all of that said, I think it is uh, my choice for next week. Indeed it is. Lay it on me. What you got? Uh, we're going to go with the movie. Another one. And it's going to be called. I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> it's uh, Expelled from Paradise. Oh, what's that about? That couldn't tell you, man. You know I don't know oh. what I choose. It's <laughs> like 90% of what I choose. I have no idea what it is. I don't I don't even know why you bother asking me. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've given us some amazing ones, and you've also given us some zeros. No, uh, I mean, like, no. to be fair, you've given us some pretty bad ones, too. But <laughs> Fair. You, you, got, you, got, you got a point. It's a action sci-fi mecha. It came out in 2014. Uh, so... Looks pretty interesting. Looks unique. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going with for next week. Expelled from Paradise. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, if you feel like we missed something again, you know, like Rick was telling you, reach out to us on Discord, email. You could tweet at us at those anime guys. Uh, feel free to hit us up on Facebook at Featured Anime Podcast, uh, Featured Anime Podcast at gmail.com. And obviously, if you listen to this on YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment on there. Let us know. And uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave a like, leave a rating, review, anything else. Really does help us out. And until next time, I'm Jack. And uh, (laughs) God, I usually have an outro. I don't. I don't this time. So I guess I'll just be Rick, a normal old Rick. (laughs) We'll see you next time. 